Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi, everyone. It's Natalie Jean, and Natalie Jean, and this is Chatting with Nat. Today, we have the honor of having singer-songwriter Rain Stern. Rain Stern is a young queer singer-songwriter, producer, and multi-instrumentalist, originally from Wisconsin. When Rain first picked up a guitar at 11 years old, she found a home for the stories she'd always felt the need to tell. Rain's timeless pop sound paired with guitar skills beyond her years have earned her comparisons to music icons such as Prince, Joan Jett, and Jeff Buckley. Whether writing, producing, or performing live, her talent is met with an undeniable sense of purpose. Her mission is to inspire devotion to the very causes that drive her, including environmentalism, equality, and self-love. Let's give her a round of applause. Hello. How are you? Hi, how are you guys? I'm good. How are you guys doing? I'm okay. Um, I'm still alive. Um, In this crazy world that we're living in, it's definitely um, different. Um, no, I, I know what you mean. I I know what you mean. It's a it's a weird whirlwind of like not only living in the technology age, but then also like post pandemic, and a lot of people have had wildly different experiences with the pandemic. Like some people, that was like their the beginning to their success story. For some people, it was mm-hmm. like the beginning to like them kind of crumbling into pieces and trying to rebuild. So it's just like so interesting looking at uh, where everybody's at right now. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, So one of the questions I like to ask is this, I give a little background story before I ask it. Obviously we know the past three years um, have been hell. Um, And um, between uh, politics, George Floyd, the pandemic, now monkeypox, a new variant coming out. Um, then they, somebody said there, there was a first uh, sighting, not sighting, but an incident of polio. That's making a comeback, hopefully not. Um, and Roe versus Wade and equality and all the racism, all kinds of crap going on in the world. Oh, yeah. It's just been, it's seriously just been crazy. But with the pandemic itself, obviously we know that Oof, that was just a bad situation. People died, people lost limbs. There's long-term effects of COVID. I have it. I've had COVID twice, even been vaccinated, boosted, waxed, and all kinds of crap. Um, oh, yeah. But so it's been bad, but there have been um, pros, obviously, during this time because we were in a lockdown and people had time to self-reflect, self-evaluate, decide what they want to be, who they, how they want to be perceived as people yeah. in whatever business that they're doing. Um for example, you know, there are people that, you know, spent more time with their families. I saw a lot of people walking outside right. with their families. 
There were people that decided to cut back on work because they realized they weren't spending enough time with families. There were right. lots of articles about people quitting their jobs because they realized, yeah. you know, they have to make a living, but they want to be happy doing it. Some people made a career right. shift. They changed entirely because it was like, ah, not doing this anymore. Climate change. My God. You know, the animals right. were out trees. They were excited. Pollution levels went down. They were hoping we wouldn't come back, but we came back. Um, and then, you know, people decided, uh, especially artists, decided um, to revamp their careers. Some decided to rebrand. Some decided not to do music anymore. Some created singles, tracks, EPs, albums. You know, they did their thing. And then some people are just like, you know what? I just have to change the, this whole branding thing of who I am and what I am. Some people decided to be more right. effective player. So they decide, you know, they, people really, there was a lot of self-introspection. So during this time, did you take time to think about anything in regards to your career? Is there anything that you wanted to change? What did you think about? Um, I, well, I have, I don't think since I um, really developed my frontal lobe that I've ever not been thinking, if not overthinking. <laughs> uh, so I've been spending either during the pandemic, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, whatever, uh, thinking for sure about all of this. Um, but I, the pandemic was a very interesting time for me because it sort of got really um, interrupted by the voice because I, about a few months into the pandemic, I had started a YouTube channel hmm. called Quarantunes in which I was essentially having people uh pay me by commission to do, you know, covers of certain songs. Uh-huh. I was like, hey, guys, uh, you know, my my whole gigging life and things like that have shut down. So, uh, you know, why don't you guys request me things, uh, you know, request me certain songs. Uh-huh. Uh, I will do my best to do whatever it is. So, you know, I did anywhere from, like, a Grease cover to – uh, like prog rock and metal music. Like I did, I did all of it and uh, it actually worked. And so people would, you know, pay me a certain amount. And according to the amount that they would pay me, I would, you know, put in an equal amount of effort. Anyways, right. I, um, from there, I ended up getting scouted by a uh, talent scout who works for NBC. Oh, wow. And they asked me to go on the voice and, Frankly, I never really took shows like that seriously. Didn't really feel it was very like on brand for me as an artist who's a lot more who's like very original. Who uh, mm-hmm. I'm a young woman who like shreds guitar. You don't really see that kind of energy on the show. But that's exactly why they wanted me on the show. Mm-hmm. And it helped that I kind of like it helped that I kind of ticked their uh, their queer box at the same time too. You know. And um, so they really vied for me, and I, I decided, you know, it doesn't hurt to do an audition. It, it could possibly hurt to say yes to going through with it, but it doesn't hurt to, like, it doesn't hurt to, to see a little sneak peek behind the curtain and see what it's like. Mm-hmm. So I auditioned, but auditions were happening remotely. Right. Anyways, they give me a call back a couple months later, and they're like, we love you, producers love you, like, you're in, what's your airport, basically? And then at this point, I was like, all right, let me think. 
And they, you know, do a psych eval. They send you a contract. They give you a week to look at it. I did, and on the last day uh, that I had, um, which was a Monday, um, I sent them an email, and I said, you know what, upon, like, really taking the time to digest this contract, um, Mm -hmm. which is essentially one big, like, F you after another, I was like, no thanks. I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to, like, stick stick to my, my own guns and just kind of focus on myself. And the next day, the casting director calls me, Michelle McNulty, and is like, Rain, like, what happened? We really thought you were interested. And, you know, and I was like, yeah, I mean, this is interesting. I am interested. I'm not particularly excited about it, though. And... uh semantics I guess but I've always been a very like literal person (laughs) so um and and anyways long story short is she promises me a whole bunch of things they convince me to go on the show my friends and my family really want me to go so I go on the show and I completely like shock everybody there because they're just like what is this person like who is this? She's really different. We can't quite put our finger on it. The closest person John Legend can think to compare me to is Prince, and yet Prince and I are very different people, very different right. artists. Um, Prince is incredible. I'm not, like, by any means, um, uh, like, saying, no. oh, no, don't compare me to Prince. But at the same time, like, that's, like, they're, people are still grasping at straws when they do that. Um, right. Uh, because I'm not, I don't like write music like him. I think all that people could think of was like maybe talent. Like they were like, you play guitar and sing and you're like really commanding on stage. And so they're like, uh, maybe this guy. Um, but, um, anyways, yeah, I mean, it just ended up not being a very fruitful experience for me. All of the things that they promised me didn't come true, which was, you know, kind of what my gut was telling me. And the worst part of it all was that the they had a no competition agreement, which meant that I was not allowed to post content, uh, music-related content of me singing or playing or my music or my songs or whatever for the entire time that I was filming with them and that the show was airing. So that is the latter half of 2020 and, like, the beginning half of 2021. And so that was also, like, the prime time for that kind of self-reflection time, that time with family, that time for rebranding, that focusing time on social media. In the first couple months that I decided to do this quarantine series, I went from no subscribers on YouTube to, like, over 16,000, oh, and and which is great. But yeah. then the, the uh, airing of The Voice mm. only – got me about like 7,000 followers on Instagram and that's pretty much it. And that's where that caps. That's where like the benefit of me being on the voice ends. Uh, all of the, all of the harm of me being on the voice uh, mm. was all of this wasted time mm. and all of this control over what I was allowed to do with that time. And the latter half of 2020 and the beginning half of 2021 were actually like the most prime time to engage with social media because that is when the surge of internet usage was at its highest. Um, 
and also would have been an incredible time for me to learn how to, you know, make money as an independent, um, mm. as an independent artist online. Um, because right. frankly, like being able to engage your time online on YouTube, on Patreon, yeah. on TikTok, on all these different platforms yeah. and make the most of them and figure out how to be a uh, business and an entrepreneur in the age mm-hmm. of the internet is absolutely essential. And so I kind of feel as though, and so all of that time went by and then I kind of entered into this phase of like, I was planning on moving uh, out to LA uh during the exact same time the pandemic shutdown happened. So obviously, you know, moving across the country wasn't going to be a smart decision. Right. And then I'm sitting here grappling with, do I do that uh, now that I'm out of this contract, I'm off the show? And I really wanted to. I really wanted to get out of Wisconsin. Um, All of this to say, I've learned so much. And the biggest thing that I've learned is that you really should trust yourself, not let too many cooks in your kitchen, and actually take that time to get to know and to learn all of these different strengths. Because at the end of the day, no matter who says that they're running to help you or that they're coming, that they're going to promise you to do the thing or X, Y, and Z or help you or promise you money or this or that, the one person that you can count on is you. So with the internet at your disposal, and if you have all of these incredible skills that people are, um, you know, time and time again, uh, complimenting you on, or even going as far as to kiss your ass over, well, then take that time and go, well, if I've got all these skills, then maybe I should actually use them and figure out how to be like a young female entrepreneur badass and take this all the way. And so now... In the middle of 2022, I am starting that journey a whole two years later, and it feels, to be honest, like like I'm not by any means giving up or trying to be negative, but just being very realistic because I am just a super blunt person. It feels like I got, like, robbed of my early 20s by, by NBC. It's interesting that you talk about this. One... And it's, sorry, I never knew that you were on the You know, when people ask to be on the podcast, you know, I listen to their music, blah, blah. I don't really research it because I'm just like, you know, independent is independent. I could, I could care a superstar or just starting. Um, so, one, congratulations for getting on the show, but I'm sorry that you had the experience. Now, what I find interesting is this. So, a couple years back, I met this girl. I mean, this is maybe seven years ago, at this woman that, or your young lady that had been on American Idol. And she yeah. was talking about how horrible it was. Um, yeah. Because of the contract, the agreement. So basically, the boys, American Idol, I don't know how uh, America's got talent agreements. They're all, they all suck, basically, because they take away, yeah. they take a lot away from artists, and they want you to yeah. be something that you're not. And so with her... Right. She she had to she had to fight them. She she made the top twelve, I believe. She get out of the the contract, and it, it cost her, yeah. her family like thousands of dollars. And now now you don't hear anything from her because I was talking to um, somebody that knew her, and she said it's, it's almost like she fell off the face of the earth. That because that was so draining. 
and right. you to the other contestants that get on some of these shows, you know, they end up, so even some of the winners end up, you know, getting lawyers and wanting the contract because the contract is so constraining and right. they just, they just want to take everything out of you. And, and I think that's so awesome what you're talking about in the, that, but it's a learning experience, um, something that you'll never do again. But I'm surprised right. that by being on the show, when you said that, you know, you, you cap that 7,000 on Instagram and you have 16,000 based on what you're doing now on, on YouTube, I'm surprised that you didn't have more than that. But then when you go on to explain about, you know, learning more about, you know, doing things online, which I've had to learn. I mean, during that's all I did. I was on webinars. <laughs> I was right. taking talk university. I was doing a bunch right. of things so I could learn more about how to hone my own craft because I think that that's very important. I tell people that all the time. And just like you, you know, I started to create this website. I plan, plan to uh, do this promotion consulting type service for people that just don't know what they need to do because I've learned so much and I have, um, but yeah, the internet is vast and there's a lot of things that people can do for free. There's a lot of different tools that people can use. Like some people don't even know that, Facebook has reels now and that Facebook right. reels and Instagram reels are totally separate. Um, right. And so, you know, and I try to tell people, you know, you have to just be yourself because with TikTok, it's all about authenticity. It is all right. about authenticity. And just like you, the person that, you know, I speak my truth. I don't have time for people and they don't like it. That's tough for them. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't have time for that crap. Um, but kudos for you um, for, you know, seeing that you know, the right situation wasn't the right situation to you. But you live and you learn. You'll never do that again. And then you move on from that. But I, I'm sorry that, but, you know, it was a horrible experience for you. Um, now, yeah. well, go ahead. You were going to say something? No, I was just, just going to say that, uh, you know, it's it's true, like, if hindsight 2020, I, I, you know, we all have like, we're, you know, times in our life where we have regrets. And then some of us learn to accept those, those situations. And we go, you know, I think I actually needed that experience. And some right. of us just go, you know, straight up. I just wish that hadn't happened. Just like <laughs> if I could, if I could have a do over. Right. And for me, this is one of those, this is just like a do over. Like if I could just go back and like tell myself like, no, listen to your gut. Like your gut is your gut for a reason. Trust right. it. Like, your gut has given you all of these good, like, everything that's good that has ever happened to me or for me has been because uh, I listened to that, and I listened to my heart, and I, and I, and I did what I wanted to do. Right. And most of the time, when things go haywire, it's because I'm not really thinking with my heart, but I'm thinking with, like, anxiety and, this, and like, almost a sense of desperation or some type of pressure, like, external pressure, and... Um, so yeah, my advice to people would just be to, if you do know who you are and you know what you want, then look no further, you know? Amen to that. Amen to that. Now, what was it about the music industry that enticed you? Did you just come out of the womb and you're just like, music is me? Or was it something that you heard, you saw, or it's just innate? It's just something like you were like, rain and music have to be together. 
yeah, I would say that it's an innate thing for me. Um, I picked up guitar in middle school um, mm. and instantaneously started writing songs. It wasn't like um, nobody told me to. Nobody, um, like, pushed me into lessons. Nothing like that. I just really wanted to. And um, then, uh, yeah, I started writing music. And the first song I ever wrote was, like, about this this chore list that I had received when coming home. And then instead of doing the chore list, I went into my room and wrote this very uh, witty and kind of sassy um, rebellion song um, and called Spectacular Cleaning Machine and how I was, in fact, not one of those things but a human being. So... Um, but yeah, it was, it was very funny and it surprised my parents. Um, and they were like, wait, she actually has something like this has rhyme schemes. This is like poetic. It's clever. It's got like a rise and fall of a story. It's got an arc like, and they realized that in that moment that I just had a knack for storytelling and, Mm -hmm. um, like creativity. And then it just never stopped. Just really nobody nobody said yes to me just nobody ever said no to me either mm-hmm. and so so i just did what i wanted to do and then that turned into me being a teenager and me playing in uh local blues bars with guys two or three times my age and uh everybody being like who's this kid and then me getting written up in local newspapers as like blues guitar prodigy but what was funny about that is that I really didn't want to be a blues guitarist and be known Mm. for that I was a songwriter and those blues bars were about the only outlet that I had uh, Mm. or that I knew about to to go and play music with other people but the truth is is I'm not like a blues songwriter I love blues music I grew up listening to blues music I grew up listening to all kinds of music and that's the other thing, too, is that when it comes to genre, uh, somebody asked me, like, what genre I am. Right. I just tell them uh, real, honest, timeless, because the truth is, is that, like, there's a lot of integrity in my music. The truth is, is that I think that for me personally, for other people, it can be different, but um, I don't really understand it for other people, but that's fine because I'm not other people. But for me, right sitting down and intentionally writing a song in a specific genre or specific key feels pointless to me. And I don't, I've never done it. I don't see myself doing it on purpose unless I'm writing a song as an assignment for somebody else. And I'm trying right. to achieve these different benchmarks. But to me, right. the whole point of writing, of making art is to convey something, to convey a message, right. to convey a story, to convey a feeling. And so for me, whatever that is should be kind of an intuitive process. And if you're walking down the street and you're heartbroken about something and a melody comes to you and you start singing about what's going on in your life, then I think that what happens is the music and everything else just kind of becomes the backbone and, and the family and the limbs and the whole body for this story to be told. And I think that's the best way to, that is why when a lot of people listen to my music, they're like, what is this? It's like everything all at once, but it doesn't feel like it's too many things, you know? It's just like, 
it's pop, it's rock, it's jazz, it's indie, it's all of these different things, and I, but I don't, I don't know what to call it, and I'm like, that's fine, it's, the song is I'm Not Them, or the song is, you know, So Precarious, or the song is this, the story is this, that is all that matters to me as an artist, um, so yeah, my long long answer <laughs> is uh, that that music has been um something I feel like born to do. Amen. I like it. Now, this is the obvious answer to my question. I know what the answer is, but you can still answer it is how important is it for you to be authentic in your music and in your life? <laughs> uh absolutely crucial i think more than ever um what we need for so many reasons is the truth um because um it is impossible i think to make uh healthy decisions as a society as a whole when people don't know who they are and it's really hard to know who you are if you're looking at yourself through a lens of comparison or self-hate or whatever right and so you have to learn to like love the the creature that you are and then as a reflection you look at the world around you and you go oh well I'm not the healthiest I could be I I I want to breathe cleaner air into my cardiovascular system and then you go oh, well, I can't breathe cleaner air into my cardiovascular system because air around me is super polluted and not good. Oh, well, what is it that I am doing and everybody else is doing to pollute that air? Oh, shit, okay, so then how do we change that? And so once you start, like, loving yourself, knowing Mm. yourself, knowing your truth, and then caring about it, that actually gives you the real chance now to start right. making decisions, going to the ballot, going to your friends, having conversations, purchasing things with your dollar, uh, voting with what you choose to put your time and attention on, on the Internet or whatever it is. Right. And then you start to realize, then you start to actually have a chance at immersing truth into the decision-making uh, and longevity and health and love and respect into the decision-making uh, that goes into building our world as a whole. And while that sounds like some utopic, maybe out-of-touch crazy thing, I think it's actually very, uh, like, a logical, rational, kind of fundamental um, sort of methodology of thinking that I'm sort of constructing my brand, my uh, life, my essence, and my artistry around. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm a social impact missing singer. I love to write about my own experiences and what I see in the world and stuff like that. And, you know, for the longest time, everybody, with all these mass shootings, you know, people would always come to me. They'd be like, you know, it just seems like everybody's numb. So I wrote a song called Numb. Yeah. Yeah. You know, gun violence and how people just, you know, one day, two days, two days later, they're just like, ah, they go about their business and it's like nothing ever happened. Um, well, it's so crazy because what you're being exposed to is you scroll online and you see um, somebody teaching you how to make a lasagna recipe, 
Mm-hmm. And then you scroll once more, and you see a suburban mother and daughter who are the product of, like, nepotism and wealth and riches doing a cute little TikTok dance. And, right. and then, you know, it, it, you look at it and you go, why on earth does this have 5 million likes? Right. And then you go, oh, well, everybody's liking it. I guess I should maybe like it too. I don't know. And then you scroll again, and um, and then you see a, a kid crying about his father losing his arm in battle in Ukraine. Yes. And then you scroll again, and then you you're back to somebody trying to sell you a product for some type right. of new sponge. And so it's like just everybody's being desensitized at mm-hmm. hyperspeed. Nobody right. has that quiet, nobody's taking that quietude to go, who am I? Like, mm-hmm. what do I want? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what do I really think and feel about this? Is this okay. genuinely good for me? Because I don't think that people sit there and go, do I, in the depths of my soul, want to like this video of this mom and daughter doing this little dance uh, when it doesn't, when it feels like they're trying to sell me themselves as opposed to like express joy. You know what I mean? Like I just, I just think a lot of people are so shut off and, and people are like playing a game and maybe even like unconsciously. Uh And that is problematic to me. And so I think that, you know, you writing this song called Numb and me making, you know, the moves that I'm trying to make with my music, I think that it's for all of us who do kind of maybe have our heads pulled out of our butts is that we need to like, which is not perfect still, like we have to continue, you know, maintaining that self-awareness. But for those of us who do have some, you know, higher awareness, I think it is up to us to find ways to intelligently like beckon other people to join us as as opposed to trying to like shove it down their throats because everything all the time is being shoved down everybody's throats. And so you have to find a way to like be inviting um, while still holding on to your torch of belief, you know, which is challenging. It's not easy. It's challenging, but if you can find a community of people who are willing to do it with you, I think Mm -hmm. that's what will make it easier because we're community-driven creatures. Like, we're born out of nomadic tribes that, like, (laughs) ventured the world together in search of food. Like, we're not meant to do all of this shit alone. It's not normal. (laughs) Exactly. No, that's so very true. Now I'm going to play your song, So Precarious. Tell me what that's about. Uh, so precarious is about it's a sarcastic song in which I basically say, um, you know, my my steady, I'm not feeling ready uh, to to engage in like a committed relationship with these people who want something from me and at the end of the day don't really understand me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's let the let's let the rest of the song kind of speak for itself. I'm excited to see what you guys think. And uh, for anybody hearing this song, um, I wrote this song a few years ago, and uh, it's uh, entirely written and arranged and composed uh, by me. And the reason that I think it's so important to say that is because not very many people 
uh, not very many like young women are like completely self-independent composers and getting the attention and credit that they deserve for it. So shout out to all the badass female composers out there. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's play. Look in the 
I loved it. I was singing along with it. Um, it's like a funky groove for me. It could get like a funky arm. Yeah, it's a, very, it's a very funky song. Yeah. Um, I actually ended up writing that song as a result of this uh, songwriting competition years ago that I was in when I was 19. Um, and uh, the, so we ended up all drawing a, a, a phrase or like some words out of a bucket and I drew the words so precarious out of this bucket and almost instantaneously I just heard dun, 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 dun. And I was like okay that's fun that's cool I'm gonna go home and uh, then uh, the melody hit me first and then it was just a matter of um, figuring out how to get the chords to actually match the melody and I thought to myself oh this melody is it, it's not that complicated, but, like, it kind of moves a lot. So, you know, obviously the chords need to move a lot with it. Nope, just needs to be three chords. Don't change it too much. Like, it's just, like, a, it's just honestly kind of like a blues funk progression, just one, four, and five. Just So, yeah, that was a that was a fun fun song to write. Um, I love it. You have, a, you, have, you have a great style, that's for sure. Now, have you thought about getting your, your music into sync and licensing? Yes, I've definitely thought about that. I've been thinking about that a lot actually recently. And here's the thing. I actually haven't even officially released that song. <laughs> well, that's not that's, – that, that's okay. You don't have to have anything released. Yeah, I think some of those things um, like it better when some songs are not released. Um, right. It, yeah, it, it just it depends on the library. You yeah, know? I you know, there's a lot – there's a lot that I – I could, I could and would know and would do and it would try out. I just, this is kind of why I'm like, I'm just starting, I've got this mat, immense catalog ranging from songs that sound like that to songs that sound more like a, like a Jeff Buckley song or something where they're like more emotionally intense and kind of alt rock. So it's like, so I, I could realistically get a lot of my music sync placed in like, placed in like a total different variety of shows and you know uh commercials and video games and all, just a whole plethora of things but um yeah I'm I'm now beginning that journey of figuring out how to do all of that stuff what all of it means and um instead of you know having that had that time a couple of years ago and um so all of the the wisdom and advice and help I can get, I am diligently trying to uh, take it and be smart with it and see what it is that I can, I can do. That's where I'm at right now. No, I, I, well, what I was going to say to you is two things. What I can do is uh, this week or today or sometime, uh, and I promise it to somebody else and I can't remember. Um, I have a list of like sync, sync websites I can send yeah. to you so you can take a look at. And I and I want to give your name because so I have a music publisher. Uh, so, yeah. so the, well, the music public sorry music publishing manager, and so what she does for me, when well, I can't promise anything, but what she does for me is that she has opportunities because she knows a lot of people in the business. So so send me right. the, uh, opportunities, and then to say, do you have any music for this? Although she has a lot of my music, she she'll ask me if I have something specific. 
And since your catalog is past, I think it would be great for her. So I will send her website, your website to her and see what she says. Um, Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is, like, my website doesn't have that song or really, like, almost anything out on it because I have, like, three albums worth of material that are, like, unreleased. But I have, like, a couple of singles that are out. Um, But, yeah, if you wanted to, I could... I could create, like, a SoundCloud private link where, like, some of my music like that um, that's not even, like, officially out um, that you could, yeah. you could like, send that to her. If you, yeah, if you could send me, some, like, create a SoundCloud playlist of a, of yeah. a variety of things. Just not that kind of yeah. sound. Whatever you have, that's, it doesn't even have to be different. Just whatever you have. Just give, give a mix. Basically, yeah. Uh, whatever oh, you that's have. Yeah. easy. That, that, Easily done. Easily done. Or now in the space and time that we are living in, <laughs> with Roe versus with. I want to talk. So let's talk about TikTok for is TikTok is yeah. interesting, and I learned so much during my TikTok Cap University. Um, and that's where you know I learned about all the the fact that what they prefer is you know, authenticity and how to brand and how to promote your yeah. video, what to say, blah, blah, blah. Okay. There's a lot of stuff I knew, but there was a lot of things that were very interesting. Um, and so, you know, I promote my music. I, I like to only play my music when I do videos because why am I always promoting right. somebody? You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. Right. Um, but recently I've been really you know, charged up about this whole Roe versus Wade crap. And yeah, and it's baffling. Social media baffles me every single day. So I posted this one video, and you know I'm just pointing at the video so people can take a, a listen to it. And it's basically this, this woman that talked about how she uh, she couldn't get a, the medication she needed for her miscarriage because of the Roe versus Wade ban. And that thing, that that post got thirty five thousand views. And like, and now, you know, I have up to um, 2,000 something uh, fans on it. So I get baffled. Right. Okay, I share my music and then I share this. And, and obviously, the topic of Roe versus Wade is huge right now. It's like crucial right now. Um, and I've even had people say, oh my God, you should run for office. Anyway, the whole dynamic of social media for artists is this. You're creating music now. Now you don't have to, but most people do, is that you have to think about whether the song you're creating, no matter what genre, what topic, is it going to work for somebody to be used on these social media platforms? So it's a different dynamic than what we used to do back in the day, okay? Now it's like we have to be on all these damn social media platforms. Can they use it? Will it go viral? Am I going, it's not even about becoming famous. But it's more about getting heard. Do you agree or disagree? Right. That I sorry, ask that last question one more time. Do I think that social media is more about getting heard than it is about being famous? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Well, in the sense that you know, back back to the radio station, and I'm talking way back in the day before both of us were born. Um. You go into a radio station, you give them a little <coughs> record, 45 little record, 
And they say, oh, maybe I'll pay for yeah. Right now, it's pay to play. And now, because there are all these streaming platforms, you know, the world is inundated with independent artists, which is great. But now we have to fight on these platforms to be seen and heard. Right. And for me, it's not about it's not about fame. I just, you know, I for me, uh, in regards to my music, I want to be an effective player. In I want my music to make a difference. When somebody listens to my music and they say, "Oh my gosh, this really affected me in a positive way," blah blah blah. I love it. You know, right. that's that's the joy that I get out of it. Well, so, I think that's the point of art. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I think, I, my, I mean, my favorite part of, of being an artist is uh, the healing aspect that comes with making it and sharing it. I know that it's, um, I know that it's extremely powerful. I mean, music is the universal language, and so I, I believe in its capacity for change. I mean, we've already witnessed what it that it can change things and there's no shortage of issues right now in the world that um that needs love and attention and right so yeah yeah i mean it really bugs the shit out of me when people uh when people's main drive is selfish and that all they want out of their art is to be famous and i'm like (laughs) what is your music about and it's just like one boring, redundant, been there, done that love song after another. And I'm like, frankly, frankly, like, you're, I'm not saying anybody is disallowed or should be disabled from, you know, being able to write whatever they want, but it's not necessary. It's not needed. It's not important. And it's saturating. Here's, I know that a lot of people are like, it's great that the world is inundated with independent artists. Yeah. Yeah, but how many of them are like actually artists? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Right? Yeah. Like just be just because a person strums a guitar doesn't make them an artist or just because they sing doesn't make them an artist. I've met plenty of people who've never picked up a paintbrush in their life or never um played a, a musical instrument in their life that I would consider artists because being an artist is the way that you like process the world around you it's 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 like a lens through which you view the world like it's 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 something that you have and that you grow and that you feel it's like a depth to a person it's not artistry is uh the ability to deeply affect and manipulate uh to manipulate like some type of medium whether it's sound or visuals or whatever it is, and then cr- and achieve uh, 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 having an, an inspiring effect on the people around you. Like, I don't think that, uh, I think that if you're not accomplishing that, ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, for the greater good, then I think that you're, you're saturating uh, and adding to the noise instead of um, adding to the one that should be sort of the song of human life. You can add to noise. You can add to, like, machine, you know, 60 hertz background noise if you want to and try to make it the forefront. Or you could be a participating voice in the choir of, like, love and joy and purpose. So it's really up to individuals as to whether or not they do that. But, yeah, I think that there's – the Internet has given real people, you know, with or without money, with or without – nepotism, 
with or without an you know a big city that they're living in or whatever an opportunity to 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 showcase themselves and to showcase their art however i would argue and this might irritate a lot of people because they think it's all subjective and a matter of opinion whereas i think that there is some actual measurable uh, like valid uh, truth to this is that i wouldn't say that the majority of those people are real artists are like I wouldn't say that those people are like the Jeff Buckley's or the Stevie Wonders of the world, you know, like, and you, I'm not saying you have to be that insanely talented at singing or that insanely talented at, at playing an instrument or that you have to be blind to do it. What I'm saying though, is that you have to be somebody who's in it for the right reasons. And I do not trust a lot of the people that we are seeing uh, dominating uh, the forefront of uh, social media and of TikTok are in fact in it for the right reasons. I agree. I agree. Now, what are three things you wish you had known? And I think I'll know some of them before you got into the music industry. Um, yeah, I think that I wish I would have known that most, like, the industry and success is not, uh, does not really, um, is not really going to be broken by talent, um, but rather by a, a strong sense of branding and consistency, and that ultimately dreams are a source for delusion. Uh, so long as there's not, like, the appropriate action being taken behind them. So going into the music industry, one of those three things would be um, committing, casting my net far and wide and going, I'm going to do a little bit of gigging. Right. I'm going to do a lot of songwriting. I'm going to do a whole lot of posting myself on various social media platforms. I'm going to intentionally read one or two articles or watch some videos or do my research on artists and their upcoming stories and all that sort of stuff. I just never really cared to, um, you know, copycat my, my, my music after another artist. So I also right. thought, what's the point in studying their like come up story into the industry? But those are two totally different things. You can study somebody's like business strategy and not sell the same product, you know? And right. so I would have been doing that. Um, and then I think um, prioritizing my own, like, health and happiness, like my physical well-being, making sure that I am balancing, at, you know, while it is very tough and you need to, as a young entrepreneur, like, there isn't any entrepreneur who's, who's you know, starting something, Young maybe more as the, the business is young. When you're getting it off the ground, I think that you need to understand that, yeah, it's going to consume a lot of your time and, and focus, but it shouldn't consume all of it because if you let it consume it to the point where you're like, oh, I don't have friends or I don't have family or I don't have this or I don't have, like, the basic things that a person needs to be to be well, uh, now you're, like, pushing this from the lens of, like, uh, a passion into obsession and that's where I think you need like most people need to kind of draw the line um, and uh, and then the third thing 
um, would be, I think that, um, and, and attaching to the second thing, I think everybody should get therapy no matter what, whether you're going into music or not, like just get therapy, <laughs> just always get therapy. Um, and then the third thing would be, be very, very careful about what you say yes to and who you say yes to. And, um, but most, mostly accept what you have, who you are in the moment and utilize it to the best of your ability. Do not judge it. Put it out. Like I could have probably two albums out right now um, that are good, that are very good. Um, But I haven't. Like that song that you just played, uh, that song has existed in its recorded, recorded state for well over a year, and I haven't marketed it or released it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so all of this to say that, like, you know, instead of being a perfectionist and being like, oh, well, the drums could sound better or the this or the that could sound better, you just need to accept what you have as you have it, when you have it, market that, put it out, and you can always revisit it and make it better in the future if you want to. But but if you are sitting on gold for years and years and years and you don't show it to anybody, no one's going to help you grow that gold into platinum or help you grow that gold into actual business, you know? So yeah. th- that would be my three pieces of, of advice. And I think that if anybody listening actually hears everything that I just said and really takes it to heart and actualizes it, uh, you will do very well for yourself. That's talent. The last thing I'll say is talent and and skill and heart and uniqueness is is an eye eye catcher um, and also <laughs> something that helps people to stay. It helps people to stay for the longevity of your career as longevity as fans, but it is not the same thing as the business. And so you have to understand uh, you know, all of those three things that I was talking about are a little more business oriented. Um, but yeah, don't lose sight of your, your artistry in the process of building that business either. Yeah, I agree with all of it, all of it, all, all, all of it. Definitely do your due diligence because when you start this music business, everybody and their mama comes at you. Oh, I can make you a star. Oh, I can do this for you. Oh, I can do oh, yeah. Green print. Oh, yeah. Read it. Right. Never don't don't um, give any money because that's a no no. That's an absolute no no. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. these, there are a bunch of pro bono attorneys. Go to one. When find a legal. I mean, do it because there. I mean, that's one of the things that bothers me the most about the music is the, is the amount of shadiness that there is in the industry. It's just ridiculous. Um, so you definitely oh, yeah. have to you're back on that. Um, yeah, no, completely agree with you 100%. Well, Rain, thank yeah. you so much for being on Chatting with Nat. I learned a lot. <laughs> I, I like that you're outspoken just like me. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, we need more people like, like you outspoken. I think a lot of people shy I away from that. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people shy away from that because they're, oh, you're going to lose fans. Who cares? Um, you have to be yourself. And the thing is, when yeah. you're your, your, your authentic self, uh, more people will gravitate to you. I, I believe that because more people have gravitated to me. So I, I, I 100%. 
And then you're you're an awesome musician. Um, your music is fantastic. And uh, like I said, I'll send you, you. some information on that because I think the world needs to hear more about. It. Even though you were TV, that the world, other people need to know more about you. It's definitely <laughs> well. Thank you. Not, yeah. Besides you and me, so maybe maybe add a third person to the mix. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I'm gonna follow everything that you do, and you know, if any, there's any way I can help you, you let me know. You have my email now, so um, uh, you just let me Wonderful. know. All right, I'll appreciate your help, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you so much. All right, everyone, this is Chatting New with Nat, and that was singer-songwriter Rain Stern. She has her website. You see the links there is rainstern.wixsite.com. Um, Instagram is Rain Stern, TikTok is Rain Stern, YouTube is Rain Stern Official, Facebook is Rain Stern Music. And if you don't remember that, just Google her. You'll find her because it says the voice and it says Rain Stern. All right. Until next time on Chatting with Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.